is up east high what's up folks welcome back to the podcast it's wildcat minute where we talk about high school musical three senior year one minute at a time i'm Condra, and my name is tyler and today we are talking about minute nine of high school musical three senior year minute nine starts out with chad shaking the coach's hand and ends with gabriella saying so another top secret dot 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 wow top secret hushity hush yeah that's a line from shrek 2 i think something donkey says anyway yeah maybe we're not talking about (laughs) shrek unfortunately and we never will uh so what happens in minute nine no you already said it so what's going on we're talking to the the, so so the coach chad's dad mr bolton chad and Troy, we're all we're all huddled around talking about <laughs> your, how your commonplace it was confusing. Kondra. You were, you were making four different people, but you said Chad's dad, comma Mr. Bolton, which made it sound like Michael Bolton was Chad's father as a sort of a positive comma placement. No, but you were just constructing a list of people. Indeed, we do actually learn the the name of Chad's, Chad's dad, dad, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie Danforth through a classic bit of screenwriting trickery. Oh, yeah. Wherein the moment you see a character, you have them say you have another character say their full name mm-hmm. and or their relationship to another character. Indeed. As if if we were in the pilot of a TV show, I would walk up to you and go, Condra, 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 I, as your brother, need to tell you some advice. Indeed. <laughs> Yeah. So Jack Bolton says, Charlie Danforth will suit up for you next season. And the coaches and and, and Charlie was like, I'm good with just front row seats. And I'm like, excuse me, sir. He will be a freshman. (laughs) (laughs) Bold of you to assume. Hey, if that's the recruitment tactic, if they're he didn't say courtside, he did not say courtside. He said front row technicality. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. You're 15 feet back in the stadium seat, not courtside on a foldable seat, which is probably a more comfortable place to be further back anyway. Absolutely. Unless you want sweaty boys diving on top of you. Nah, never. (laughs) In a basketball context, Contra. Never. Sweaty people are gross. (laughs) Shower up. So I have some real insight about Charlie Danforth. Chad's dad, real life David Reavers. Oh, okay. What, what is this? <laughs> sounds like sounds like he's a murderer or something. What, no, what, what did he do? No. So you know how I said last time he's in a couple other movies with with Corbin Blue. Is he in the the the? the he's in Jump In. Jump Jump the Jump Rope movie. Yep, he's in the Jump Double Rope Dutch. movie as well as a movie called Freestyle from 2008. And all these movies came back out back to back to back. So. He is in all of these movies with Corbin Blue because he is his actual father. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. You know, we may have said that. It's you, hard to say. You So I just edited this episode that we originally had speculated, like we first introduced Chad's dad. And you were like, wow, that's suspicious that Disney just kept using the same guy over and over again. Except Freestyle is not a Disney. But we were like, yeah, that is weird. And... I had missed the important fact that he is actually real life Corbin Blue's okay. father. <laughs> I was making more of a statement. 
in in the previous episode, I was making more of a statement about Disney's not very wide breadth of racially diverse hiring practices. Yes. And I mean, I same mean, kind of same deal kind of stands. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, the, it's the reverse of a Nepo baby, though. It's a Nepo father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My kid's the one with talent, but put me in this. Yeah. No, no. Just front row seats, please. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Same mentality. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> I like how Charlie Danforth is kind of like a button-up shirt glasses nerd, though. Like, yeah, he is not. He's not Coach Bolton. He's not there on the court with the boys, but he's still super supportive and is like, "Yeah, my son's gonna be on the team." And Chad is like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be on the team," kind of thing. <laughs> like, they he says it's a done deal. I, I like to think that Charlie Danforth like was if not a basketball player, like a football player in mm. his day, because he's got a little more of like a he's got the build. bigger build. Yeah. And he, he he's like 20 years past ever doing anything athletic, though. So he doesn't look the part, but it, it's still deep there in his soul. It's not like an opposites thing. Although it would be interesting if be there was so like a... so cute if he was like a math teacher. Like, I was going to say like a reverse Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off where like... Charlie Danforth was like, no, son, you're going to do math. (laughs) Chad was like, no, dad, I'm a basketball player, (laughs) which I guess is what jump in is about. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, because there's like some boxing involved in that, too. Yeah, I guess that's like divergent athletic things. Mm -hmm. It's not like, son, you're going to take over at the steel mill. No. I like Coach Kellogg. Yes. I like how he t- speaks in a sort of like raspy, tacky like voice. Like he's doing a good job of being extra character actor in a Disney project. Like if you ever hear interviews or um, podcasts hosted by like D tier L.A. comedians, they'll talk about when you audition for, for a Disney show, they're looking for the biggest, broadest character possible like i'm picturing jerry trainer in drake and josh and iCarly. like yeah you're just going as big and goofy as you can and obviously in a theatrical movie coach kellogg isn't going quite that big but like but it's still big you need to, you still need to play to the back row and so having the goofy voice like the way you guys did that assist where you gave up the final shot that's the kind of teamwork I'm looking for. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You read that line, man. You do that line delivery with all of your heart and soul. <laughs> Absolutely. And honestly, it's a funny thing for him to be. He's selling them on quote unquote soft skills instead of like hard skills. If you want to take it <laughs> to like a job interview kind of thing where the boys are like, oh, yeah, we can do the, the soft skill stuff. But we are not like he doesn't mention that they're playing at a collegiate level or anything like that. They're like, yeah, you're your ball handler, like nothing like that. It's all their mentality he's focusing on. There's other movies about that stuff being taught to someone. It's the physicality stuff that it's like they're both tiny boys. <laughs> they're not Fair tall enough. enough to play college basketball. Fair enough. I think I think there's something. Well, we don't necessarily know what division U of A is. The Red Hawks. But I, I think there is something to be said, right? You can go to any high school and you can find a player who can dribble 
and make three pointers. That X factor is game mentality. How is your presence on the court felt? Are you a team player? Are you seeing scenarios like that's what the scouts are looking for? They're not just looking for raw talent. Not like a wild stallion that they're looking to break. They want someone. They want someone coachable. Yeah. Too, right? S- someone I said mean, to me what's once. What's better than a coach's kid? <laughs> s- someone. Someone said to me once, it's better for a college scout to find someone who like hasn't really been working out or like training or, you know, doing all the protein powder and maxing out their weights. They'd rather find someone who has room for improvement on that. Someone who can who can put on that 15 pounds of muscle and increase their bench and their squat by 20 pounds each rather than someone who's already at their maximum output. If you want you want someone who has the raw talent who is who is achieving without being completely done yet. They're not finished cooking. And I think it's safe to say that Troy and Chad aren't finished cooking. They might even grow an inch or two between now and and when they turn 20. Like some boys hit late growth spurts. Oh no, absolutely. And I mean IRL uh Zach Efron did grow more after this. Yeah, it's hard to say height-wise, though. He definitely got bigger in terms of his body, but I think that's more because he was a Hollywood star who needed to put on that muscle in order to keep up with the the pace of the Hollywood grind. Yeah. The Chris Pratt swoleness of it all. See, that's funny you think Chris Pratt, because I think like Chris Evans. I mean, yeah, all of them. Yeah. It's like it's the unrealistic body standards for men. Like, yeah. Hugh Jackman started it's, it. Yeah. I mean. He started it with X-Men in the early. No, like if you think about it, like seeing Hugh Jackman in like the first two X-Men movies versus the third one, the transformation he did on his body between those two is wild. I mean, I was like, you can go back to like Schwarzenegger and Stallone. Too, well, but, like, yeah, but they were bodybuilders before bringing in well, that. Schwartz, Schwarzenegger was, and he sort of set the standard for like, okay, this is what a male movie star looks like. Someone who is a bodybuilder. And then Stallone was Rocky. And the whole point of Rocky is that he's like this underdog average Joe. But then he does Rambo and he does all the other Rocky movies and he becomes sort of a fit star to in the, in the style of Schwarzenegger because all of a sudden everybody has to live up to that standard. Also, there are unrealistic body expectations for women. See Barbie. No, literally see Barbie. Yeah, it's yeah. coming out I can't July twenty first. I cannot wait to see that movie. <laughs> the movie looks so smart. <laughs> Gosling too, definitely was oh, yeah. was once a skinny boy. See Remember the Titans. <laughs> Are you really that impressed with Troy giving up the final shot of the game? No, but he's going to pretend he is. <laughs> well, the coach, I'm like, I'm asking like you, like in your general knowledge of like oh. basketball and like character analysis. I think it would have been more impressive had the coach, unless maybe Coach Bolton talked to the coach Kellogg, Coach Kellogg about Troy's last minute decision to make it the Rocket Man play. Like when he like came up to him after he's like, yeah, it was it was Troy's idea to run the Rocket Man play, like knowing that he was going to be giving up the final shot kind of thing. Like Troy having the wherewithal trying to convey that Troy having has the wherewithal to put what's best for the team over what's best for him in a glory moment. Yeah, 
I'm also comparing it to the other Zac Efron basketball movie, 17 Again, which does this so much better. Jim Gaffigan is the coach in that movie, by the way. It's just a, a I weird I forgot turn. about that. <laughs> and like the, the way that, that 17 Again does it, right? Zac Efron's character is supposed to pass it off to the, the, the other guy who's the sort of like big bully jock type character. Yeah. The one that and, was and, dating the daughter for a bit. Yeah. Michelle Trachtenberg. <laughs> and he like the, the, the Jim Gaffigan runs the play like you're going to you're going to pass it to Matt. But instead of passing it to him, he he changes the plan and passes it to his son who makes the shot basically un, uncovered. And that's like a that's like a cool moment. It's the same thing where like the scouts are there watching and they all write down in their little notebooks. It communicates the idea of like, oh, the scouts are paying attention to this. There's meaning in that sort of selflessness mm-hmm. and giving the ball away. And this movie is just like, yeah, they did. They ran up a play to to win the game. He was open. So he passed it to him so that they could win. Yeah, I, I definitely see where you are there, but also I think part of it being Troy was the one to make that call because they they probably have another You're right. five plays that it's like, yeah, Troy would get that shot kind of thing. But Troy chose, this is going to be the most effective play for this moment where the situations are. They're triple teaming me. Everyone's kind of run ragged. This kid has not been on the game all, like, all game. He's nice and fresh. We can do a stack like... You know, you're right. It's the it's the sort of player agency that they're going for here. It's also just the the cheapness of the like Rocket Man made his shot from directly under the hoop. It it made it a very unexciting well, play. Yeah, I mean, that's an unexciting play to look at, but like But that's what a good player does. It makes he, he makes things look easy. Yeah. And simple. <laughs> and I mean, he made it easy for Rocket Man. It was not easy for him. He had to push down like back and forth pass. It was it was not easy for him to get that shot set up, but he did. It's all very basic and facile in the in the sense that like the coach is just saying a compliment that's easy enough for the, the audience to understand. It's fine. It's just like, yeah, the basketball is so underwhelming in this movie that like harping up like coming back to the basketball as being like, and that was a really impressive thing you did. It's like, well, it's not that impressive. No, but I think the compliment is there. He recognizes Troy's value to a team and Chad. Honestly, you could, you could just say like, I love the way you guys work as a team out there. Like that would, (laughs) that would be fine too. Sure. Like, yeah, Chad and Troy are both great teammates. Did, Did you see like the excitement in Chad's eyes as he's shaking his hand with Coach Kellogg. Yeah, and, and Troy had a little bit of a vacant stare. <laughs> well, because Troy's like overwhelmed by everything. And he's not sure. Yeah. Clearly. Good, no, it, it is actually pretty good acting on their part. Like, because even Coach Kellogg, he's like subtly extending his hand for handshakes. In, yeah. In this, like when he shakes Troy's hand at the end of the compliment. Yeah. It's like, it's like very subtle. And Troy's like listening and shaking his hand like. There's a lot of acting going on and sometimes it's kind of good. Like it's the, what do they they call it in theater? Busy work business. I think they just call it business. And it's like, what are you doing with your body and your hands while you're saying the lines or receiving the lines from someone else? And 
business would be like if you were shuffling a deck of playing cards while you're talking like mm-hmm. what what are you doing with your hands or what is the task that you're working on and oftentimes bu- business just makes a scene more interesting there's a great scene in game of thrones where you meet the sort of patriarch of a house tywin lannister and the seat the very first scene in the whole show that you meet this character he's like skimming and like un un unveiling all the parts of a lion that he's like disemboweling you mean disembowel yeah he's i mean he's mostly just skinning it for like the fur i guess oh, okay but it's like a what a what a like crazy cool thing for this like impressive character to be doing the first time you see it that's that's business i guess i mean no, <laughs> and all they it, did was shake hands it's not yeah, that. i mean it's like nothing but i think what's more impressive of this moment is the characters know what they're feeling so well that the or the actors know what the characters are feeling so well that they are able to convey it very clearly to the audience and even in chad's response of like it's a done deal and troy's less committed oh yeah kind of thing when (laughs) when they ask when they get asked um if they're going to be wearing red hawk jerseys yeah i I, I totally agree. The point I was brutally trying to make was it's hard to multitask. So when you're doing something with your hands mm-hmm. and acting with your face at the same time, you really have to be the role. Which I think Chad and or Corbin Blue and Zach Efron, because I can't even say their actor names. They are just Chad and Troy. <laughs> they do know their their roles very well. Yeah. So we've spent a lot of time talking about not a lot of this minute, and we still have a bit to get through, so you ready to move on? I mean, what else is there? So Troy continues to walk through the party. He sort of does a spinning greeting to one of the other cheerleader recurring characters that we've seen. Yep. And then another basketball player that kind of looks like Klapow, but not Yeah, quite. I, my thought was that it was Klapow. Is it Klapow? Okay. It, it looks like it, but you only see the back of his head, so it's hard to tell. And then, and then who should drop down from the trampoline? But Rocket Man himself, Jimmy Zara. Okay, the ca- the character does have a name, but we haven't actually officially learned no, we have not. the name. It's like it's kind of like a Star Wars type thing of like, okay, um Captain Phasma has a name, but did we hear the name? That's probably not the correct example. Boba Fett maybe is the example. Yeah. Do they say yeah, Boba Fett? They do not. In Star Wars? They do not. They don't in Empire Strikes Back? No. It's just like you were aware of this character's name because... The toys. They, when they were... Well, the toys and the writing process. <laughs> like, yeah. They know who this is. But yeah, so the Rocket Man, he's he's chilling in a sweatshirt and... A, he's trying to be cool. He's got like the sidewards cap and... He's a little goofy looking. He doesn't quite match Troy's casual vibe. He mentions that he goes to Troy's room. Yeah, so he 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 tries to compliment Troy's house to be like, "This place is great. Your room is ve- is is way cool." He says, "Indeed." And Troy's like, "Oh, thanks." Wait, wait, y- you were in my room, <laughs> which is great acting. <laughs> great response. It's the sort of like half a joke that Zac Efron sells 90% efficiently, which is all you can ask for, really. It's just Zac Efron making the most of basically nothing, mm-hmm. as usual. And 
the the rocket man Jimmy says like yeah I just wanted to take a picture I'm gonna set up my room just like yours yeah yeah <laughs> as if that's like a compliment like a lifestyle guru like I'm trying to imagine like a room layout thing like it's not feng shui like it's a more aesthetic I think. It's like, is he thinking, oh, I need a lot of pictures of myself? Or is he thinking that he's going to put a lot of pictures of Troy all over the wall? I think he's going to just try to carbon copy Troy's, like, my bed needs to be here. And, like, we need to build out this wall another three feet so I have the same proportion. Like, I think he wants the exact same room. No, and my follow-up question is, does that include the pictures of Troy that are everywhere in the room? And Troy's jersey <laughs> mounted on the wall. <laughs> and pictures of Gabriella. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much like, I'm going to take your life. Yeah. It's one of those, like, classic kid stories where there's, like, a copycat. And it's like, they start dressing like them and the the main or character gets upset. do you think that, like, the Helga from Hey Arnold, ah. <laughs> the rocket man has like a shrine to Troy Bolton in his closet. I hope not, to be honest. (laughs) But you never know because he is backwards, Troy. He's taking some photos with his digital camera. Very 2008. Oh, it's perfect. It's so great. I mean, he has no idea. Like he tries to take us. It looks like he's trying to take a selfie, but like. Yeah, he takes it. He takes a front yeah, he takes a front-facing selfie because there's no reverse camera. Well, no, I just wasn't sure if he was just showing him a picture because I know he. Well, does first show he shows him-, him a picture and then he turns it around and takes a selfie. Okay. But yeah, like an old-fashioned like digital camera selfie where you have no way of knowing if you're in focus or you're hoping, or if you're in frame. <laughs> and you know, Jimmy knows how to smile for the picture, but Troy's like just has this generic generic facial expression. That's a half smile because he's in a generally positive mood, but it's not going to come out a great picture. But you know that that picture is getting printed out and hung up on that in Jimmy's room. Absolutely. (laughs) And then we continue to or Troy gets him away because Jimmy's like, let's hang out all night together. And Troy's like, obviously not into that. Jimmy, Jimmy's just trying to, like, make friends. (laughs) He's he's so clearly like the puppy freshman that is just trying to like fit into the the scene that is not really for him. It is a little forced, but also like you have to do that. Like, yeah, no, if I- you want to be friends with someone, you're like, hey, let's spend some time together. I'd like to get to know you a little bit like. But he is coming on in a way that is not Troy's vibe at all. What I'm saying is, yes, from we're, we who are in Troy's perspective are meant to be like, OK, dude, we get it. You're being a lot. But from the rocket man's perspective, it's like maybe he doesn't know a lot of people at this party that aren't his teammates. I mean, probably that's the case because he's a freshman at basically a senior party. <laughs> so, like, he's trying to just spend time with the one person who's been nice to him recently, Troy, who like went out of his way to include him in the final shot of the game. Like, Yeah, no, I mean, you're not, I'm not arguing with you there. It just, it's like, dude, catch the vibe. Well, the puppy analogy stands like, if you give the puppy a treat, the puppy's going to follow you. <laughs> 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 
that is no I, I like i said you're not wrong it's just watching this kid is like you can never imagine troy being like this like <laughs> if jimmy is supposed to be like a little troy in some way shape or form you can just it's hard to envision troy being like this i currently don't see him as little troy I see him as Bizarro Troy. Okay, Bizarro Troy, excuse me. Nega Troy. Dark Troy. (laughs) He's got like a reversed color palette from Troy. Yeah, I'm Yort. home just in case I cut that out. There was a big gap of me just sitting there thinking very hard and then just coming out with that. <laughs> so that was the strong reaction from Tyler. Yort, Yort is this character's full-time permanent name now. It's the new Michael Bolton. Yort. Yort Zara or just Yort? Yort. Just Yort. Alas, poor Yort. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Troy gets Yort to. Hold on. (laughs) I guess we could say this one thing. Yeah. Troy uses the excuse of the basketball left in his truck, the The trophy trophy left in his truck. And it's almost like he planted that as an out earlier in the evening. He was like, I'm going to leave the trophy in the truck so I can go get it at an opportune moment. I mean, yes, or we saw the nature of them entering the yard. (laughs) And (laughs) he was probably like, I feel sweaty and gross, but I also have a ton of people at my house right now. And just like started walking, like Chad was razzing him at that point. And they were like, okay, let's go inside. And then like, it probably hit him when he was talking to Coach Kellogg and was like, oh, shoot, I left the trophy in the truck. (laughs) I mean, one of the West High prankster knights is going to, Come steal the trophy. And replace it with a pig <laughs> or something. I don't Four know. Four pigs, but but they're labeled one, two, three, and five. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> so I have, I imagine no one from my graduate program, my first graduate program will ever, ever listen to this, but I have a very funny story related to that. So we had someone from your graduate po- program on the podcast. Yes, but not the people, not my professors that this impacted. Okay, fair enough. So our second year prank, which not every class does at this program, but we chose to do, and our school mascot was, a, or our, our mascot for our program was um, the pink lawn flamingo. And so we got pink rubber duck Specific- flamingos. Specifically a lawn flamingo, not a, not a generic flamingo. Not an actual flamingo, like, like a like lawn the, flamingo. Like the trinket that you put on your lawn. Okay. Yes, an object, because it was a museum program, so there was meaning behind <laughs> it. And so we got 300, probably, rubber ducks that looked like little flamingos. And then we, we, we were in there on a Sunday. No one was there. We started numbering them. We put up on the walls vague numbers of like on the boards we started marking so people wouldn't at least copy like we would all get like a group of 20 or whatever, but they were not in sequential order. So there are numbers from zero to like 500 and something. And the what a professor made a Facebook page 
for the finding of these ducks. And every so often, there'll be a post go up on the Facebook page and is like, we found another one. And they are genuinely keeping a spreadsheet of which ducks they have found. And all of us are sitting there being like, you will never... I don't think you'll ever find them all because I had some secret place. There were a couple of us that like worked behind the scenes and like could hide stuff in places that not everyone could get to. So- okay, so I'm imagining the opening scene from Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull where, where the, the 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 crate warehouse. Yes. I'm imagining you putting rubber ducks like in like a historical like crate. I like can't confirm or deny that. <laughs> that's like that's like never get like that's not going to be opened again for twenty years until that like they're like wait I want to look at this old book that hasn't been looked at for a I, while. You know, Tyler, I can't confirm or deny that on podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's that's very fun. I would never peg you as someone participating in a prank. Well. It was a non-harmful prank. That is my my big thing, is pranks cannot harm. If they do any semblance of harm, I'm like, it's out of here. If it's no fun for everyone, it's no fun at all. Exactly. The other thing is, like, way to, like, think of a prank that is, like, a classic prank, but also, like, perfectly tailored towards museum professionals who are like, I'm going to catalog this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For the listener at home, I held up my finger in a cartoonish nerd motion. Yep. So um, we're way off track. So Rocket Man runs off to grab the trophy. The thing I wanted to say, and I guess we'll have to circle back to this, is like, why did why did the writers choose to like give us another Troy thing in this movie? Like everything High School Musical is always the Troy show. And they've given us, like, another thing about Troy. Like, oh, there's this other guy who's kind of like you, but not. Like, we don't need another character who's just a foil for Troy. Like, we don't need more time to think about Troy's emotions. We've thought about them for two whole movies. But, like, how much of Troy's emotions are we actually going to consider with Yort here? Like... (laughs) Like, let's be honest, Troy really gives him little mind. Well, they wouldn't have done this work in the movie, like, at this point, like, two yort scenes. Like, really... you know, like, you know, he's, you know, he's going to be back. And I'm not going to look forward to him coming back because I actually, I will confirm that. And I don't really like the scene that he comes back in next. So, um, but yeah, it's not ideal. But also, I think. It helps in the mindset, like, Troy is moving on, and this is the new person rising. It helps pass the baton. Think of The Force the Awakens. Yeah, I I guess, but, like, that would be, like, if the movie was about Yort and, and Troy was also there. Okay. Yeah. That'd be, like, if The Force Awakens started with Han Solo, and then, and then you introduced Rey and Finn and Poe. Be like, wait! I thought I was watching a movie about Han Solo. Who's who are these annoying kids? Yeah, it was a good comparison. Yeah, we'll we'll just circle back to like Yort being a sort of unnecessary addition, just because for my argument's sake, it's like I want more time with Troy and Chad, with Troy and Taylor, Troy and Ryan, Troy and Sharpay, Troy and Gabriella. Like he has all these other character relationships. Troy and his father, Troy and his mother. <laughs> Troy and Gabriella's mother. Like, there are so many other characters that we've seen before. Now we have Mr. Danforth. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
there are things that we could be doing that aren't this. And I worry that the movie's like giving us too much that it's not going to let us actually find resolution with our characters or much like the start new Star Wars sequel trilogy, not give the, the actual characters that the movie's about any time to interact such that you get to the end of a trilogy and you feel like, okay, but our like ragtag group of friends never actually gelled. And I'm worried that that's going to happen with the high school musical movies because, you know, Sharpay isn't even like part of the group. We haven't even seen Sharpay yet. Taylor is still barely in these movies. Like, I, I worry. Okay. I hesitate. Well, worry not because Kelsey jumps in and just shouts hi to someone. <laughs> and then we pan across a crowd. <laughs> A very chaste dancing. Yes. And what I really, I when I was doing all the social media stuff, like prepping, I noticed this little crowd has a wide ranging look of people. There's like some some scene kid-esque people that are wearing their, their <laughs> chain pants and their beanies. And there may be some like arty kids, but they are all there dancing and celebrating the victory of the Wildcats. So I'm thinking this is kind of like a senior party too, to some extent. Or like yeah. Troy and Gabriella's efforts to break down the status quo have truly, truly succeeded. Fair. What's what's strange about this shot is it sort of pans up through the crowd, sort of like facing down to facing the horizon. Mm -hmm. And we see a sort of emptier patch of grass. In the background, we see a swing set that Chad and Taylor are sitting holding hands at. It's so cute. They're so cute. And and then we start to see Troy and Gabriella sitting on a treehouse. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly where it cuts off, so but they're there sitting. Gabriella is commenting about another top secret. So we're not sure oh, what this is in reference. It cuts off in the middle. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I know I'm right. I mean, we've talked about it enough. We'll talk about the treehouse We'll next talk time. about the treehouse next time. But for now, you can find us on the social media. If you're on the Twitter or Instagram, we're at Amateur Nerds. Um, yeah, follow us on Tumblr at Wildcat Minute. You can also send us an email to AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Yeah, email us your name backwards. Mm. Special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at T Golden Art on Instagram. And our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at JoeWinslowMusic.com. I have Macondra. And I've been Tyler, and we'll see you next time to find out what Troy's top secret is. You can bet on it. <laughs>